Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflot and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan <laughs> of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh. AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. Apologies for the slight delay in getting this up. All the stuff got in the way this morning, but we are back all together in the podcast studio. Talk about Monday Night Raw, Hamlet. What did you make of it all? Pretty good. It's lovely to have you back. It is lovely to all be together in the studio. The, um, the Zoom calls were a rather harsh reminder of the darkest timeline, and this is far from that. Let's see what the audience think about it. <laughs> Do you think, like, the intro, whenever I watch or rewatch Twin Peaks, I'm never going to skip that intro. Mm. The music was just so wonderful. Twin Peaks, it's time for <laughs> Tate. It's Mr. Twin and it's Mr. Peaks. How are they going to get it together? I'm Steve Peaks. And together we are Twin Peaks. What's going to happen? Let's find out. Oh, I, was, I was going to prove your intro for... <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. What did you think of Raw? Yeah, it was uh, it was it was okay for WWE standards, I guess. There were some developments. There were some things that I'm quite eager to take the piss out of. Um, yeah, it was very eventful towards the end. I whether you said they did the same thing twice, un- unacceptably bad. Like my pet peeve in action, like you cannot do two matches where they both work the leg on over two hours. You cannot do the same segment back to fucking back. <laughs> the big guy, not the bad guy. There was okay. twice in a row. There was two matches where they had to outright say the line where, you know, the winner, the winner of this match gets momentum ahead of the next match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, well, this is what I'm watching. I'm going to watch this on Dynamite, by the way, in the trios match, but it'll be better. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the show opened with, uh, well, with a new video package to open the show. And then the KO show. Um, Kevin Owens comes out and there's Seth Rollins as well. And he and Rollins talk about how they've yet to get a spot at WrestleMania. They'd be the biggest stars in history to miss the show. Um, but they said they've got one more chance to get on there. And that's by winning the tag titles next week. Um, he, Owens said people were wrong. Um, if he th- they thought that his disdain for Texas would distract him from winning the tag titles. Not even Texas legends like JBL and Shawn Michaels. There's another one he missed out, but I 
can't think of who it could possibly be, could distract him. Uh, and he takes off his cowboy hat and he stamps on it. And uh, Ronald says, don't worry, we're not in Texas tonight. Uh, and they introduce their guest, the Alpha Academy. Um, Owens makes a little joke with uh, Otis about having his chair reinforced. And they uh, they welcome them to the show, to which Chad Gable says, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. And they make a big thing of that. I'm turning heel on this, guys. I'm sorry. I like Huge. I like bits <laughs> <laughs> I like bits of the show, but I was like, uh, Vince has got to it now. It was when they noticed it. Thank function. We're going to push. Thank you. And when they start pointing out, I was like, uh oh, no, 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 no. no you, uh, any idea for a t-shirt? Big fucking other shows. Um. Anyway, uh, they, they go back and forth about oh, thank you, and uh, <laughs> Gable says they are asses. Everyone making assumptions regarding this tag title match. Um, the odds of winning the titles are no longer 50% now with the addition of Rollins and Owens. Uh, it's ridiculous. Even people from Ohio State University can see that that's, that's the bad thing. He's slagging off the local place, basically. Um, and uh, look, Owens says, look, it's not personal. We just need to win these titles to get to WrestleMania. Um, Gable says he's worried about his spot. They've uh, they've had their chances. He's uh, never been on the show, and they've uh, busted their asses. They've earned their chance to be at WrestleMania. Uh, and Seth says, "Oh, don't worry. You know, you can have a rematch at WrestleMania when we win the titles in a, in a few days' time." And there's a big shoosh off, and then Owens gives Gable a stun to lead to a match to open the show, basically. Yeah, um, criticisms of the content of the segment aside, which was just WWE getting on the fun thing and gradually eroding all the fun in the fun thing. They I fandangoed it there, didn't they? A little bit. Shoosh! <laughs> <laughs> um, did you notice as well, Master Chad is making a comeback. There's quite a bit of Master Chad in commentary this week from the first time he mentioned that he got his Masters. Mm. And thought it was where they might go with his new stupid name. Um, I was staggered while watching this at how well they have somehow on Raw assembled a competent tag division. <laughs> so you have this, you have other tag matches on this show mm. that feature overlapping stories where, and we're going to talk about one that might have been a botched finish, but where it felt like the result was going to go that way for the way things have to play out. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. a main event that they've done a super effective job of building up, like this triple threat tag match feels like the biggest thing on next week's Raw not just because of the belts, but because of what it means for everybody's WrestleMania yeah. as well. Um, I'll go both ways on WrestleMania being the prize because it is that like WWE brand glorification that has kind of got us to where we are now, mm. ultimately, which is worse in the grand scheme of things than just stars wanting to win matches and win titles in this emulation of a sport. However, if this is the universe we're stuck in, why not have that be a central focus? Like, like I say, somebody's going to win the tag belts. That is the most important thing. But everybody else involved in the match and everybody else pretty much involved in this division is looking on because that affects what's going to happen to them too. And I got that here through. Like, the promo stuff wasn't for me, but it's broadly over in the building. And the car- you know who the characters are and you know why they're fighting. And I don't feel anywhere near as bored of it as I would have done months ago watching the Dirty Dogs versus anybody. <laughs> Good job they're not going to try and use them to draw a number on NXT, isn't it? Otherwise, that'd be stupid. But, um, yeah, I... So that was my takeaway from the segment, and then that seemed to like reveal itself further during the episode. Yeah, you could almost say WWE puts uh, AEW's tag division on notice, Sige. Uh, it's an absolutely ridiculous thing. You to certainly say. could, and just did. <laughs> a ridiculous Thank thing. Thank you to Mr. Phoenix, who's already pre donated to our next stream as a result of me getting that in on the what? <laughs> Your gradual um, decline into the, <laughs> into the realms of WWE Gareth and Jobber Nation TV <laughs> is uh, quite frankly appalling. It is funny to wind up Andy, though. 
I will say that. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so Hamflet watched this and was struck by, you know, the uh, get that tosser off my uh, off your Twitter oh, screen. God. Okay. Um so Hamflet watched this and was struck by WWE Raw having a tag team division. I was watching this, not for what it was, which was again, they are flanderizing an already WWE character in, in Chad Gable. <laughs> yeah. Thinking, uh, St- Steve Austin's lowering himself to this <laughs> in a couple of weeks, and that's bad. I was going to say, right, it's a good job, nothing matters. And to an extent, it doesn't. Austin is going to come back. Kevin Owens will realize I kind of have to be my old psychotic self to deal with this threat, and it's going to be better in the end. But does it not matter? Because if they'd build Kevin Owens like a serious like threat to the returning Steve Austin, this killer who was just kicking people's asses, drawing loads of goddamn heat, and just genuinely being an incredibly serious main event level concern who only Austin can stop. Maybe that would shift some fucking tickets <laughs> to the building, this ridiculously cavernous building they are trying to run. Instead, he's wearing a stupid hat. He's doing house show adjacent stuff about Texas. He's, when they're not even there. He's sanctioning... Do you have heard the phrase cowboy shit and misunderstood it? Possibly. Is that, is that an instruction? Okay, all right. That's, that's, that's what we'll do. That's a theme. <laughs> he looked ridiculous in the hat. <clears throat> Seth Rollins was hamming it up more than usual. This <laughs> Chad Cable doing... Shoosh. He's like... He's become the version of himself that he will play in 20 years when he does the Royal Reunion skits. Mm. That's what he's becoming. Steve Austin's lowering himself to this. They can't shift tickets to WrestleMania 38 for love nor money. Maybe if they'd done something that wasn't this, there'd be interest, fleeting interest, money-drawing interest in Kevin Owens versus Steve Austin. Not only was this just too stupid by half, not only was it some rubbish that set up a match that was going to happen. Oh, hang on. Apologies. My father's trying to FaceTime me. There we go. Okay. We should have gone back. We should have got him on the podcast. <laughs> we should have got him on the podcast. So not only is this frivolous in tone, completely below the, the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin, in the subsequent match, because someone has to play a babyface, there has to be a formula. In what was a very good and hotly received match, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are like the best babyface tag team <laughs> in the company. This has happened before with them two as well. Like, you see, it, they've done it on as heels and faces now. Where you see them together, you're like, don't need a split. These are great. Mm. Like, these are clearly enjoying their work. So, they are kicking Alpha Academy's ass in a really cool, entertaining, hot match. Babyface comebacks up the ass. <laughs> it's great. And this is the, the heel that's going to work Steve Austin. Like, a really great babyface tag team worker doing comedy wearing a hat. Great opponent for Steve Austin. You're really going to shift all of the remaining WrestleMania 38 tickets with this. This might be me with a lazy WWE brain. Do they just not think he will shift the tickets? Like, they, it's not about an angle, it's about an announcement. So, Maybe like, that's a bad thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, 20,000, whatever that Shane McMahon moved that year because he just existed. Like, is that, could they not theoretically apply that exact same logic to Steve Austin without yeah, having a book? It could also make it good and popular. And this is yeah. neither yet. <laughs> yeah, Let's talk about the match then. Uh, in it, we saw Owens get that hot tag and uh, frog splash Gable off the apron uh, and then get run over by Otis early on. There's breaks in amongst all this as well. Um, Gable starts working over Owens. Owens fights back in Zaguri. Uh, Rollins comes in, hits a sling blade, springboard knee, falcon arrow. That gets him a near fall. Uh, Owens tags himself in and super kicks Gable. Pump handle neck breaker uh, on him. Looks like he's got the match won, but Otis dives in to break it up. 
Uh, he hits Owens with a Vader bomb, and Gable tags in and hits him with a moonsault, and Rollins just dives in to make the save at that point. Uh, then Rollins takes out Otis with a dive and uh, buckle bombs Gable, who uh, stumbles into a stunner, goes down, stomp from Rollins. One, two, three, Rollins and Owens get some momentum ahead of next week. Absolutely awesome finishing sequence off the back of a pretty great match that felt fresh and felt like and felt refreshing for Monday Night Raw. Again, just the a, ge- a genuine advert for the tag division and both of these teams as cohesive units and the lack of people not being able to coexist continues to be welcome throughout this. This was like earnestly good stuff that left me with very little to criticize when watching it. WWE is so bad. <laughs> WWE is so bad that when they do something bad that they've done so often that you're numb to how bad it is, neither of us have brought up the fact that not too long after winning the titles, the tag team champions just lost in a match they didn't yeah. even bother to promote. It's just, how many champions lost in the card tonight? Becky lost. Well, her team. Yeah, Becky lost. Um, Please lost. Well, yeah, he lost his title. That's mm. all right. I'm just I'm the Dana, Dana Brooke won. Who cares about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dana Brooke won. Three. Big title. Champions lost. How, how? What can the titles mean if three of them have, have lost? At least one of them was a title match. But the guy who lost the title has lost in non-title matches. And this company is so bad it pisses me off that people forget. Like, <laughs> remember, when the, remember when the WrestleMania time was on fire at the Royal Rumble? And then there's all that stuff like... You know, leak down people and that to get yeah. everybody out of the way. Toxic juice, I think it was called. Maybe it was toxic juice. Oh! And the juice in the sign is like, it's putting people under pressure. What was like figurative pressure of the sign in the background is literal and it's emitting the toxic juice onto people and the WrestleMania pressure is causing them to lose. Oh, Changes it people. Ju- it could just be bad. It could just be very bad. Or um, toxic juice WrestleMania sign. It kind of annoys me how like the general flavor of WWE is measured against a curve that is itself. It's like, No. <laughs> I'm at home how bad it is every single goddamn week and you'll get a... Stop watching. <laughs> a gateway into my head. Why are you so goddamn cynical, Sid? <laughs> because of this. <laughs> it's because just because I'm not numb to it. We'll never forgive them for nothing. Uh, we got a video package for Big George. I don't care. Uh, almost, <laughs> it doesn't look like he's going to be facing Brock Lesnar uh, at Madison Square Garden. Great film, isn't it? Good do. This was a hell of a momentum for years. Uh, and he got interviewed talking about how he dominated all the teams he faced and AJ Styles over the past year. But now, T-Bar, he's back and he's his biggest opponent to date. He was going to dominate and he beat him inside a minute. He attacked T-Bar during his entrance, dragged him to the ring. The referee went, no, 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 he's not ready to fight. He battered him too much. So he chucked him into a corner where he could climb the ropes a little bit. And the ref went, oh, no, he's fine, actually. Carry on. And, uh, yeah, almost battered him with a clothesline. Tree slam, one, two, three. What was this? This was so funny. T-Bar entering the ring, like looking like Scotty Too Hotty when The Undertaker's the only one in the Royal Rumble or something like that. Like, he's, he's, he's T-Bar. He was once T-Bar. <laughs> it's, it's funny to me. Like, watching him have to do that WWE selling of being terrified of a giant. And then he does that, and then they ask him to be gutsy. At the, like, after the fact, and it's like, no, ring the bell. I got this. You don't got this. You suck. And you're scared. It's like, they cannot do out. Um, and Omos still... Can't do out either. No, so here we are. It's, it's a, you know, a confluence of all those things. He's winning the Andre. He's absolutely nailed on winning the Andre. He's absolutely nailed on to um, join up with Control Your Narrative in about a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a year at most. Because this guy's a moron. Perfect, because they can just call him Big George. <laughs> I was talking about Dijak. I oh, thought, yeah, him as well. Dijak's going to control your narrative for a million percent. Yeah. He's an idiot. 
He's white. (laughs) (laughs) He is stupid enough to have burned a bridge because he was simping for the Fed in September, October 2019, where he was stupid enough to get worked by Kenny Omega (laughs) speaking a promo in character. He's like, I had a better match with you at PWG once. (laughs) All right. It's like Scotty Too Hot saying he's better than The Rock because the Backlash match with uh, <laughs> Dean Malenko. Uh, Dean Malenko was slightly better than the main event. <laughs> it's like, don't, you idiot, you've just burned that bridge. Like Everyone's going to think you're a joke and don't simp for the Fed. You never simp for the Fed. So, yeah, die, Jack. Control your narrative. Yeah. 2023. Absolutely. I don't wish for the... Ga- Special don't, guest in the rage room. <laughs> don't misinterpret this, right? I do not want the guy to lose his goddamn job no. because he was once... Critical of Kenny Omega, who's my favorite wrestler. That's not what this is. This is stop making stupid career decisions. And the guy was bantering off retribution as a head. And it's like, don't do it so obviously. <laughs> like, think about this career. And he's uh, see the best retribution member absolutely on in WWE today. Go on. He uh, he posted it was Shane Thorne posting um, Slapjacks 2K22 stats. With the image. And he says, Whoa, look at these numbers. Sla- slappers is going to take 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say slappers in an Australian accent? Bloody slappers. Slappers. <laughs> slappers. Slappers. Uh, we had uh, Nikki ASH and Did you have it? Doing a promo. They had a six woman tag match coming up. Uh, Nikki said, She's a hero. And Dewdrop said, I'm fine being the villain. I have not. Is she a face or a heel, Dewdrop? Or just is it, does, it, does it not matter? It, these promos, can we like put them all together? Because the babyface did the same shit. Yes, so Becky Lynch then. shows up. She says, Oh, despite my differences with Dewdrop, we're going to team together uh, because we're both doing willing to do whatever it takes to win. And Nikki sticks her fist out and they just piss off. Uh, Liv Morgan and, and Rhea Ripley, best mates, are just chatting about what strategy they're going to have. And Ripley said, Brutality. And uh, Bianca Belair came in and said, All I want is to get my hands on Becky Lynch. Uh, and they all fist bump and head out for their match. I got some nice things to say about the match, so I'm going to say some nasty things about these instead. Um, these promos were as good an advert of anything to why WWE is so broken. It wasn't anything egregiously awful compared to some of the terrible stuff we've reviewed over the years. But outside of Becky Lynch, and I include Bianca Belair in this, unfortunately, none of these people have a character. And because none of these people have a character, the harassed and hurried writing team, before they get their ideas torn up anyway... Don't know how to write for them or what to write for them. So all of this stuff is scripted by people who don't know what the characters are for people who no longer know how to perform the yeah. non-characters they've got. So that you highlighted Rhea Ripley saying brutality. That's in her theme song. Yeah. That's why they've said that. Like, what? Uh, uh, I, this is my, what did she say? This is my anger. No, this is my brutality. Right, that's her thing. What, what is Nikki? I said, I don't know. Like, she's a loser, isn't she? She, she thinks she's super. Right, I saw that in. I like, didn't, um... Dewdrop, I remember her from the Rumble. She fought Becky Lynch. She's like, well, they're going to have to be friends now. <laughs> like, they're all, like, everything. This just, both of these promos back to back, with the exception of Becky Lynch, exposed, and probably because she knows her character and because they've either wrote for her because they know her character or she's got the stroke to say, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'll say this instead. She was the only one that stuck out from the other five. What you saw was WWE in action. Bianca Belair, in addition to all of that marketing bollocks and just the most shallow, bizarre type of scripting, did. Rank exposition. You know, I haven't got my hands on Becky since she beat me last year, <laughs> guys. It's like, there are people out there, right, with the best of intentions. Do you think AEW should do more um, WWE-esque recap to reach uh, more <laughs> casual audiences? No. 
No. I'll, I'll tell you what. Add one of them, subtract me if they stop. They stop. <laughs> that's what you'll get. Seriously, that's what you would actually get. You get people think, oh, no, no I've not been, I don't want this dumbed down bollocks. Yeah, but then they put that little idiotic reminder in, and somebody says, see, see, and does the side by side with SummerSlam again, see, you should let it play out, shouldn't you? That's just whinging IWC. IWC. Rent free. <laughs> Um, then we got the match and that was really quite enjoyable uh, mm. I thought um, Lynch does the old come on let's, let's fight then and then as soon as Belair comes in she goes nah see you later tag someone else in um, Belair and Ripley team up to hit Dujab uh, with a double vertical suplex Morgan takes all the opponents out with a dive following that uh, Belair comes in with, with Becky Lynch eventually does get her hands on her uh, but as she suplexes her Lynch reverses it into a cradle for a near fall um Lynch thrust kicks her and then yanks Belair by her hair, then drives her shoulder into the post uh, and hits a diving leg drop of hers for a two count. Belair manages to get in Rhea Ripley, who comes in and just, just starts battering uh, Becky Lynch. Brutality. Um, but <laughs> greatly, drop, greatly brutality. Really? Two drop breaks up the Another cover. Brutal style. Uh, Nikki comes in and Belair just hits her basically with a glam slam at that point. Um, Belair goes to that handspring of hers, but Lynch grabs her and pulls her out of the ring. So Morgan dives after her and hits her with a suicide dive, and everyone comes in and hits big moves. Uh, Belair's got Nikki pinned, but Lynch breaks up the cover again, going after the hair. So Belair responded by repeatedly whipping Becky Lynch. It sounded awful. It looked even worse as uh, she walked back up the ramp, hit her with her braid, uh, and Lynch just went, nah, I'm not having any of this, and just walked off. Uh, Nikki tried to roll up as this was all going on, uh, but Belair kicked out and picked her up and dropped her with the KOD for a nice little victory. I thought every interaction between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair was absolutely tremendous. It's a good job, because they're the only two of the six that have got anything going on. But I think that's what's happening with these match-heavy roles at the moment, is that they give the impression that WWE is actually focused. It's not a focused promotion, but because we're getting... Predominantly matches on these three-hour shows, and I was rather than like long daft promo segments or silly vignettes. It just looks as if everybody's got something to do. This was an excuse to give Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair something to do beyond like Becky Lynch's risible acting or Bianca Belair having nothing to say. Um, their physical interactions here lead me to believe that like WrestleMania will be very good, which is ideal because you want to sell this fight mattering. I really like Becky Lynch's housery stuff on the heel tag team. It's old-fashioned, but I quite like it. Mm-hmm. I think she's pretty good at it. Like, uh, like the time to all the cut-offs and that, it's, you know it's all going to come and you know it's all going to happen, but just because it's a bit rote, it doesn't mean that it can't be entertaining. And then when you get the payoff, like the repeated hair whips, which is cool as well, because not only does it sell that Becky should be scared of it at WrestleMania, but we've already been we've already been given it and it doesn't feel like they've given it away, mm. if that makes sense. This was a really awesome attack with that hair, but now it's actually going to play into the psychology. You know it's going to play into the psychology of the match at WrestleMania, so it's not going to lose any potency if and when she manages to strike her when it counts, like she did against Sasha Banks last year. So I just thought this, between them two and all the rest were set dressing. Sorry to anyone that's a big fan of those four, but they were. But between the two that mattered, I thought this was really fun. All action and all of the action was broadly good, is how I described the short match. Using what I'm going to henceforth describe as the John Moxley smell test. Is the baby face smart, justified, whatever? Like, would John Moxley do this? What would John Moxley do? I think if you're going to do, if you're going to make Becky Lynch's body look like that, I possibly think she should have done something more heinous to Bianca Belair than outsmart her in a professional wrestling match, <laughs> which is kind of what she effectively did. 
yes, she got the hair around the rope, and yeah, she cut off some of her offense, but like Dax Harwood gets his offense cut like cut off all he cuts off people's mm. offense. Yeah, all yeah, time. yeah. He doesn't get like absolutely brutalized like this. <laughs> I would have preferred if they're gonna run the angle with the hair that um she would have done something far more heinous because it just looked so brutal. It was almost disproportionate um, for me. It just felt like, steady on. <laughs> was that, this is a good faith argument, I promise. Was that the point of the exposition? Are they trying to say that like Becky Lynch has done it to her before? Like there's a lot in there between them that like, it's not just for revenge for this, it's revenge for everything. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess. Maybe, 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 maybe. But they could have done a better job of doing that rather than just do a cursory recap of the last however many months. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I will concede it, but um, I still would have liked mm. it. They're going to do that specific thing. Do it, the, do it to avenge a heat angle. Like mm. I'm just, I like pro wrestling, and I'm analyzing a sports entertainment product. The way that Becky Lynch sold it, she was the camera was on her gesticulating for so long. Obviously, because they wanted to get the shot and they wanted to hammer home just how like crazy it looked. Are they going to potentially run a stipulation where she can't use the hair or something like that? Maybe, yeah. We'll see. It's the little things, though, isn't it? Like you say, like not what they don't do. But in terms of like, I always feel. Who's <laughs> ever said that? A lot. No, no. I mean, it's a lot more visceral for me. I think of like the hair whip is far worse for me than than getting like hit over the back with a chair. I'd rather that than get the hair whip mm. from what it is. And I in like AW, as maybe the pizza cut stuff, but like. Go, I'd rather go for a flaming table than that spot in uh, Moxley Archer with the chairs. No, Moxley Ki- uh, Moxley Kingston, where with the alcohol oh, yeah, gel, yeah, yeah. that oh. was worse for me than anything. Like I don't know why. It's just it's just the things where I like. Oh, I can maybe put myself in a place where I can see that happening yeah. to me rather than like you say the horrible inverted chair stuff. I'm like, oh no, well, I'm, I'm never going to be in a situation where that probably happens. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, right next up, we had You'd fall over. Uh, <laughs> we had Robert Roode versus Tommaso Ciampa. Skip. Skip. I thought that was going to be the case. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa rolled him up. Uh, Ziggler attacked afterwards, cut a promo. All I'll ask is, what do you think of Ciampa's new music? I forgot what it sounds like. Yeah, Indistinct, like all the rest. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> right, well. I wrote a better theme song on Twitter last night about Control Your Narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, I did. Like, I can hear it already, the Control Your Narrative theme song. It's drop D, down tuned, new metal riff. <laughs> Control your fucking narrative. <laughs> Control your fucking narrative. Like emphasis on the F word to make it sound incredibly aggressive and just that is the extent to which we've rejected what you think society is. I'm literally choking on my own rage here because like the, we need to get over just how much we live in a society and it fucking sucks. <laughs> I, I, I got it. Control your f***ing narrative. This is how Drew won the WWE title. <laughs> that, was it, that was his theme, wasn't it? Uh, Will Bourne's writing down the time. Oh, okay. like, there's five, five Fs. Okay. We'll see if we can catch all of them. I just, yeah. I, I, my favourite is the seasoning, I think. Big seasoning. They've played a blinder. <laughs> They've come up with an entire bit to flog merch. Like... Cedric was first to it yesterday, so I'm not going to claim this. But, like, spotting the... Uh, wait a second. Big seasoning right is eye. too like, self-aware. Yeah. They're going to just... Flo- like, it's... Oh, my warrior wasn't as effective at trying to flog his comics as they are at selling <laughs> some meat sauce. Fair play to them. Idiots. <laughs> Strange weirdos. Alternatively, one of them's just smart enough 
to insidiously get away the message and make it seem like it's fun. Derivating. Yeah, exactly. All day long. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chicks in America and controlling your narrative. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, enough of all this. Uh, it's now time this it's short it's crap it's wrestling related the five star review review nailed it and it is five star review review 150 (laughs) (laughs) the fanfare it deserves (laughs) unfortunately we did miss it last week yes it was meant to be last week uh but i got bloody cut (laughs) i'm gonna do this one i got got covid i'm I'm fine now so uh, we're back with it, and we can only go to one person uh, for five-star review, review number 150, and that is Kid Icarus, because Kid Icarus has been keeping uh, an incredible uh, spreadsheet, a record of all of these from day one. He's fallen behind on occasion. But he, has, <laughs> he has recovered. Look, I'll read the uh, email he sent me last week uh, saying, gents, let me start... Oh, sorry, he starts off by saying... Uh, gents, let me start off by offering my deepest apologies for allowing the five-star review review. Nailed it! Database to fall so far behind. So he's willing to accept his faults. Um, but I have <laughs> This is fine, Kid Icarus. Thank you. It's a completely unpaid role. Thank all, you very all much. broad thanks. Yes. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I've caught back up just in time for a major milestone, and I'm glad he noticed it, because I certainly bloody didn't. Yeah. Uh, of course, I also have to say thank you so much for all of the entertainment you provide for us each and every week. Nearly three years. That's mad, isn't it? Not just with the five-star review review, but across all the pods and platforms with which you interact with your adoring fans. Forget the super click. You guys are the true elites. 
Uh, over the New Year's holiday, I took a cross-country road trip, and I was very happy to have the first 87 five-star review reviews available to listen to along the way. Indeed, if you go on Kid Icarus's Twitter, which I'll give to you in a second, um, he's not only got this database of what we've reviewed, there's a link to just the pure audio. It's amazing, that. From That's that so five-star cool. review review. Um, I be- I'm going to double-check this, because I really don't want to get this... His, uh, his Twitter handle wrong, because I was trying to find it earlier and panicked that I'd got the wrong Kid Icarus. I believe it is, yes, Kid underscore Icarus 88. If you go on there, it's the pinned tweet. Uh, so go on, go on there and, and like that and give him all the love that he deserves, because uh, it continues. Going back to such classics as... Remember these guys? Remember this? You've heard about this? Toby Maguire versus Randy Savage. The very first five-star yeah. review review. The first secret banter featuring Natalia Fartz, Claire Lynch, and the Santa's Little Helper. Hey, <laughs> and of course, the moment where loyal listener EAG1105 became known as Egg. <laughs> and a handful of died laughing. Uh, it was a real highlight of the trip. Listening back to all these great moments has led to the aforementioned milestone, which you are hitting today. Five star review review number 150. And on 2.22.22 of all... Well, it's a week late, but, you know. Uh, can you believe that there was a time when you guys didn't do these every week? Did we just review Raw? The law of the five-star review review is uh, something to do with Raw and SmackDown. We did a SmackDown synopsis, I remember. It used to be because SmackDown was obviously shorter than Raw. So we used to... We had it on SmackDown at first, I think. Yes, as a way, sort of As an addition to that, because Raw was three hours and SmackDown was two. And then did we, we do it on the, at the Wednesday Night War to like divvy it up at any point. No, no I think wouldn't, it was, tainted, wouldn't have tainted it. Wouldn't have got in the way of that. It was always it was SmackDown and then moved to SmackDown. Rock. I think SmackDown being short, and we wanted the five star review review on SmackDown to make them equal length. That was my. And then it. SmackDown got shunted to Friday nights, and we don't really work Saturdays. So I think the thought process was we kind of have to keep doing the five star review review because it's really fun. And then I. Th- believe it was me who had the master stroke yeah. of what if we just skip the segments because some of them are so bad. Yeah. And the worst one of the week gets a five-star review review. Yeah. yeah. Um, says, anyway, having listened back to the first half and bit of the reviews, I began racking my brain for the so thank you, Eric, th- Thank you, Kiddergris, but you know, thank me. <laughs> I don't want to put Uber came up with the name for the five-star review. We'll leave, with, we'll leave that to his imagination. Yeah. I'll do it with me. It's fine with me. <laughs> I began racking You've done well as well, Wilbon. Fair play to you. To celebrate on occasion. five-star review review number 115, the answer quickly became clear. Uh, the secret fourth ingredient to these reviews, which are short, crap, and rest-related, and are, of course, a platform for Wilborn to do funny impressions. <laughs> Sorry, Dadleys. Yes, this review is an excuse to get another classic Wilborn impression, but I'm sure that you and the mega fans will forgive me. The real question then became, what impression do I choose? Clearly going down the line now. Let's, let's look at the contenders, huh? Looking to get a huge pop from Defty Duck and Extra Schmedium Walter. Battle <laughs> <laughs> Boom, Will Morris guy's in the room. How you doing? It might be a bit obvious, <laughs> but if you're looking for a good impression, the answer is clear. It's a me, Santino Marella. <laughs> He's getting characters. He's getting his characters. Really if you really want to get the bloody best of the best, the truly oh, iconic impression <laughs> of the Rowley Dicks of Wilborn, you just got to go down under. Do you think there's anything better than this? You've got to be joking me. 
Greetings and most <laughs> glorious salutations, good gentlemen and gentlewomen. <laughs> the most magnificent events calls for one of the newer impressions from the wondrous impressionista himself. <clears throat> oh, Tom got licked across the lips. I was like, <laughs> disgusted. <laughs> one of these is going to go horribly wrong in a second. Gonna act like you don't know the new undisputed queen of well-born impression. No one watches NXT too. <laughs> <laughs> Stratton, by the if way. you've made it this far, it's a woman called Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> well, I think the real question is, what impressions was he doing before? <laughs> that is not aging. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew I was, I, was, I was risking that one there. Whether or not you're part of the Anna Jake community, <laughs> I'm wondering to myself. Uh, this is a real tough one because they merge. Do you like her legs? <laughs> Do you like her legs? <laughs> and ask for anyone who looks like that goof. Kevin Patch! <laughs> <laughs> uh, who thinks that that earth is round? That crazy thinking is unbelievable. Don't believe me? I'm so tired. <laughs> so many great and classic impressions to choose from. Uh, <laughs> I've actually gone with a more deeper cut than what most people are probably expecting. Calling all the way back to five-star review review number 65, courtesy of Alison Little, it's time for the return of Lord Adam Hayes. Listening <laughs> 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 back to that review of one man gang becoming a keen the African dream, I was reminded of how perfect but tragically brief the impression of Lord Alfred Hayes was. And it is well beyond time for Adam to bring this one back. So without further ado, please review Lord Alfred Hayes' tea party with the British Bulldogs, Vince McMahon, Mr. Fuji, and Moondog Spot. Thanks again for everything, gentlemen. You are the best. Thank you very much, Gary. Yeah, thanks. appreciate nice. your stewardship. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how bollocks indeed Hamlet set the scene for uh, this tea party why was this going on Tuesday Night Titans um, I'm going to use a phrase that we've already used in this podcast WWE was making money up the ass <laughs> like Hulkamania was, was real um, and they were given two hours on a Tuesday night on the USA Network to flesh out this universe that Vincent Mann was creating of characters it was no longer a wrestling show it was sports entertainment and he was leaning into that so it'd be a, um, a Johnny Carson type, Vince Manor play a Johnny Carson type role. Lord Alfred Hayes would be his little sidekick and then the wrestlers would be on and then they'd take the wrestlers away from the interview setting and into something that was maybe a bit more, well, up their street we were led to believe. So Hulk Hogan might be doing like a workout or he'd be making some sort of like supplement or something like that. The British Bulldogs, everything we know about them in real life. Yeah, a fine China cups tea. It's <laughs> gone. That's what they like. Like there was a there was a dog there, and they weren't getting him pissed. Uh, they were just they were sitting <laughs> with him. Uh, moon dog spot, I think it was. Yeah. Or moon dog Rex, one of the moon dogs with Mr. Fuji. Spot, spot. Uh, is a dog. <laughs> so Mr. Fuji was a guest at the tea party, but he brought his dog along with him. This was just what Vince McMahon did to his wrestlers. That's why a lot of the old school guys were appalled at what was happening until. They met Vince, were showing a bunch of toys and a bunch of posters, and they're like, you know, I've got any cheese and I don't give a f- <laughs> <laughs> How much? I think you, like, you like. That's why we all sat here watching this. I'd like to think, knowing you as both as well as I do. First watch, not really been able to concentrate on most of the detail, just watching when Dynamite Kid was going <laughs> to that was somebody when he wasn't going to be able to take it anymore. It was, it was, it was it's a really a, weird tension when he's in a room. Like, it? it's not, we've watched some, a variety of different things over the 150. We've watched. 
a lot of objectification of women um, and a variety of different just mad stuff that they've done. And this was just so, it was so surreal, I thought, watching this. What do you make of it, Sige? It's just Vince doing stuff that isn't wrestling because he kind of always hated it deep down. Um, I did titter at various points because I like the direction of, not only was the butler and Lord Alfred Hayes, not only were they, like, directed to be as English as possible, you can tell by the little upcurl of their lips that they were loving being as English as possible during this. It's incredible on that, on that level. So yeah, they're they're all sat around. There's this, the sofas and there's there's crockery and and well, we'll get to the treats in a minute uh, and flute music playing. <laughs> and Vince says, "Back with more TNT." No, uh, this is old Vince. So he's back with more TNT. And this promises, according to Lord Alfred Hayes, to be the most exciting segment ever. It, it wasn't the most yeah. exciting segment ever. No, but a good voice. Yeah, we're about to be served high tea. Lord Alfred Hayes, if you would. And Hayes says, Well, firstly, may I introduce Stuart Granger? It's sort of posh Keith Lee, this, isn't it? It is. It's British. <laughs> it's not Alfred Hayes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, like, I like that sort of a realisation for you. Maybe I'm not the impressionist I thought I was. <laughs> Stuart Granger was uh, kindly consented to come along. He's not a butler, but he is a gentleman's gentleman. <laughs> he is direct from the British Embassy, and he will assist us in this high tea. <laughs> it's definitely going more Keith Lee, isn't it? For the benefit of Mr. Fuji and his somewhat unusual friend there, we're going to do a little bit of explaining. <laughs> and it cuts to Spot and Fuji, who are just having the best time, aren't they? Yeah. They're just having it. How much to just yeah, just sit here? Yeah, just like not just taking a bump. No, yeah, you don't, have, his bone. you don't have to bump. You just have to gnaw on a bone and allow Fuji to slap you around the head once in a while as a shoot. <laughs> he say so. Alfred Hayes asked the butler how we make afternoon tea, and the butler says, "Well, as you know, afternoon tea is probably my country's greatest contribution to Western civilization." That's Mulligan and O'Hare from Reason Morton. I will. Pass, <laughs> I hope to pass this on to my American friends, my Japanese friends, and Lord Alfred says, oh, "Don't forget to talk." <laughs> <laughs> Have we, has there been the point of this where, um, like, the Bulldogs sat there very much because they're greatly British, sat there. <laughs> greatly sat there, where the implication is, is that, like, they're closer, they're closely linked to these two rather than to Vince, Fuji, and Spot. Yes. So much like, yeah, That's when he Bulldogs says, are part of this. I will endeavour to bit pass this on to my America. Like, you two know all about yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Put the, warm the pot first. Yeah, that's what they do, definitely. He's got the best Tory bastard accent ever, and you're undermining it with your... <laughs> I have to pass it on to my American friends. <laughs> American friends. Uh, he says the f- most important thing is the water must be boiling. Yes, that's good. That's okay, good. I like okay. uh, And he talks about heating the pot. Uh, spoonfuls of tea for each person and one for the pot. And uh, don't forget the uh, dog, of course. Oh, don't forget the dog, of course, indeed. Uh, what, what? Uh, every <laughs> cup must have a spoon. Uh, you put, I don't agree with the milk and sugar in first. I put the milk in first. No. That way you can better ratio the uh, milk. And no, see, I, I need to know <laughs> the, the appropriate brownness of my tea. Is a, yes, is but how does one arrive at the appropriate brownness? You tea first, and then you take out the tea bag, and then you slowly add proportionate more milk. 
until it reaches the your ideal amount of brownness. That's how I do it. How do you do it, Ampler? You got you got the casting vote here. I prefer flan. No, I actually I like milk milk over tea bag. I'm with Sitch. Milk and you can just tell. Immediately. Don't like it. Don't like it. But I know this. Uh, you're, you've smashed, <laughs> smashed, smashed the place. You two have got it the right way around, according to this. Anyway, I haven't seen a posh guy sweat so much since Prince Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have uh, pastries. We have uh, scotch eggs. We have savoury tarts. We have uh, pork pie, which is a particular favourite of the palace. Uh, with scones, crumpets, coconut delights, almond treats, short. Bread. Almond. Short, short bread. You wouldn't have been switched blade there. Short bread, Jay White. <laughs> this is a farce. This is high farce. We made this more insane than they did. It's great. Do you want to deal with Lundin. me, Windy Chew? I've got some short bread. Tourist bloody London Elmin tree. Um, uh, and he talks about his. Grandma used to spend ages making on some bollocks. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes goes, oh, Vincent, what do you think of all this? And so I think at one point he tends to be asleep. He sort of goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, <laughs> Vince is the best. And he says, why don't we serve? And they start serving stuff out. And that's when, uh, that's when Moondog Spot walks over to the, the tea and crockery. Uh, and gets slapped on the wrist by Lord Alfred Hayes, who says, get your paws off that. Um, and uh, slowly but surely, I think we go to an ad break at this point, come back, and uh, Granger is serving the delightful morsels uh, to all in attendance. Um, <laughs> and they, yeah, this is the bit where you can tell they're really enjoying They're like, oh, this is a bit where you stop doing a verb, Tim. <laughs> it's that uh, it's like where they go, they get really into it, and they're like, oh, uh, isn't it right, Granger? It's like being at home with Her Majesty. And they're like, all right, calm down a little bit here. Uh, well, if telling to calm down, you better calm down. <laughs> Uh, and this point is when it all slightly goes off the rails, Michael Sidgwick. You see Spot, they say, oh, help yourself. Spot just, just grabs at the case. So uncouth. <laughs> incredibly uncouth. <laughs> incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> and Fuji shouts, what's the matter, you? And then smashes a plate over his head. Which, well, we'll get to the comments in a second. Um... Hayes, flustered, says, Oh, please control yourself and that animal. That's a priceless piece of pottery. <laughs> um, eventually, Spot gets a cup of tea and just <laughs> just goes a bit feral, obviously, yeah. all over it. And Miss, But Mr. Fuji loves it. Because, <laughs> like, they're trying to get him. Like, they can't be doing this. And he's just like, good manners. Ah, like that. It's just like <laughs> a great time. Um, and... Uh, I'm not sure if this is before or after Spot dips his bone in the jam. <laughs> but Stuart Granger, the butler, the butler, says, Never in my 40 years have I seen anything so disgusting. He's, he's outraged at this point. Uh, and Mr. Fuji's not happy either. He says, This is insulting, Englishman. This is cheap China. It is not Japanese China. And then he gosses on the floor. Just <laughs> Spits on the floor, sets spot on all the delicate little treats, who just smashes the crockery up and then leaves. And then segment just ends. That's the payoff. Uh, it's the payoff indeed. A very satisfying one. Dynamite Kid did nothing. <laughs> at least <laughs> Eight what minute have, clip. At least what I have to tip a table at the end. Well, apparently he was dodging the old ribcage of a 
Richie's son, <laughs> and convinced him to get the poor dog rattled in the old bones. Apparently, <laughs> he, he said, uh, smack a uh, spot over the head with that non-gimmick. Dynamite and Fuji being out. Oh, God. Stresses me out, that. Suicide slush puppy in the comments as we go to the comments. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Sounds like Alistair Green coming up with a name for a <laughs> craft beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what Alistair Black spits. <laughs> <laughs> he says, a suicide slush puppy writes, in Dynamite's Kid, he mentioned, mentioned how he told Fuji to break a plate over Spot's head. He said it was a real plate, lol. <laughs> That's our dynamite. There he is. That's our dynamite. KDR. Uh, once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, Dan. Oh, boys, or anyone who wants to I'm worried. I'm worried he has. Oh, we're fine. He says. Uh, Are we? Because uh, you're, you're not Bronner of that. <laughs> I, I am. Dynamite's probably thinking, I'd like to triple suplex that guy over right on this damn tea table. I'll headbutt you. And Davey's thinking, I'll f fight anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that, like, Without knowing anything of Stuart, I don't know if he was a local indie guy or whatever. Like, I, I don't know Stuart Granger. Didn't recognise his face or anything. I know Dynamite Kid hates him. I, I did, he wasn't even looking. I just I knew. Know. I just knew. I'm watching this saying, I know hatred exists between you and you. And like, <laughs> Stuart Granger can't make out, can make contact with everybody else, Vincent Mann included, but not him. Because like, <laughs> before he started shooting, uh, he was awful terrifying. Ah, <laughs> uh, Russitano writes, back in the day, Nobody thought twice was when race was brought into wrestling. We just accepted it. The good old days. What are you doing, what, Ross? What, what am I missing? Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Worst day, too. This is good for them. Yeah. Satori uh, writes, rest in peace, Mr. Fuji. You'll be managing Yokozuna and throwing salt in people's eyes in heaven, which I thought was nice. To which Mr. Ace <laughs> yeah, responds, <laughs> once again, he's not reflecting the use of myself, Dad. Boys, anyone what culture wrestling? Thanks once again to Kid Icarus. Uh, you can listen back to all of uh, the uh, five star review review collection. Kid underscore Icarus eight uh, eighty eight at no, I'm about to say an email address. Then Kid underscore Icarus <laughs> eighty eight <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, Satori writes, Mr. "Rest in peace, Mister Fuji. You'll be managing Yokozuna and throwing salt in people's eyes in heaven." Uh, to which Mr. Ace replies, Mr. Fuji had a salty misfire at Mania. I had one with my wife last night. That's all right. That's a lads. Dudes being guys on YouTube. <laughs> salty misfire. Salty misfire. <laughs> which is actually, I discovered, the, uh, the title to the clip of Mr. Fuji... <laughs> At WrestleMania 9, they said Mr. Fuji has a salty misfire at WrestleMania. <laughs> so he's seen that and gone, well, I'm obviously making that joke. <laughs> On every Mr. Fuji video. <laughs> he's like yeah. See if anyone said about him feeling in heaven with uh, Yokozuna. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> time to completely destroy that. Thanks once again to Kid Chris and to everyone else uh, who suggested it over the past 155-star review reviews. Uh, we're not stopping there, though, so if you want to suge uh, suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review, uh, do so. You can either uh, leave us a five-star, please, regardless of whatever you do, actually, give us a five-star review on iTunes and suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related. Or you can email your five-star review review selection to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. <sighs> I'm going to return to Monday Night Raw. Oh, so there's absolutely loads left of this as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, we return because love is in the air, Michael Sidgwick. Everywhere I look around, 24-7 champion Dana Brooke is there. They recap what's been going on with her and Reggie. And they're in action uh, against Tamina and Akira Tozawa. 
I've, I've literally just written the finish down for this match. Yeah, Reggie botched it as well, didn't he? Mm. Reggie hit a flipping sent on, sort of, onto Akira Tozawa to get the pinfall. Post-match, Dana Brooke, big old smooch with Reggie. More than friends now, it seems. Uh, and Tozawa wants a kiss from Tamina, and this time gets it, and he, he can't believe what's just happened to him. I have very little to say. <laughs> Cast as a... He is a ninja... Still, oh yeah, but he's also like a, I don't know, like a teenage virgin ninja. Ninjas need love too. I know, but like teenage virgin ninja turtle. He's dead. He doesn't mind though. No, he's earning, isn't he? I suppose. Might get wrestled in your place. <laughs> right, <laughs> move on from that. The street prophets are backstage. You guess who's interviewing him, Sage? <laughs> Come on, Patrick. <laughs> um, they talk about the fact if they can beat RK Bro tonight, they'll be next in line for the titles. Well, <laughs> the triples, right? But anyway, who cares? Um, <laughs> Angelo Dawkins says Seth Rollins is Doctor Eggman, basically. Um, right, then we get. The Mysterio's in action, but beforehand, oh they... Oh, God. Uh, They're still called the hit business. Those stupid... <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> Couple of losers. They, they... Yeah, the Mysterio's come out and promised to take out Miz and Logan Paul at WrestleMania, but tonight they're completely focused on the hurt business. Out comes the Miz. He lists all of his accomplishments, Sid. It's one of your favourite uh, WWE tropes. The Miz has been listing his... The Miz has listed his accomplishments... On WWE television, literally more than I've had hot dinners. Like it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just what he does. It's his gimmick. It is. I, I know. He talks about how great. I get Lo- it. <laughs> he talks about how great Logan Paul really is. Uh, they're both big global stars. They're both awesome. They're both better than Mysterios. And then he just leaves and brings out the Hurt Business? Question mark. I'm, I'm kind of into this bit. They don't know that they're not in it. <laughs> <laughs> And they're just they're in the, they're in the hair business. They just, they just keep, you know keeping business going whilst Lashley's recovering. That How bit. do you write this Wikipedia page? That's what I like to think about. Like you can write the Wikipedia page on like well the myths because he reads it out every week. Yeah, <laughs> like something like now the inner circle like the formed to protect Chris Jericho's world title, and there was a mutually beneficial relationship where he got them on television and he mentored them and they sort of interfered in his matches and then. How do you write the Wikipedia page on the Hurt Business? <laughs> if the, they form, they're a, they're a unit. Um, they get kicked out when they when Lashley kind of needs help to keep his title. Yeah. Um, he just keeps it anyway. <laughs> they just slowly disband. They think they're still in it. No, they come they, back with Goldberg. Yes, they... Oh, you're sorry. They reform... They disband no, again. No, they feud. Don't forget they feud. He's battered them twice, isn't he? They've battered them twice. They've done two breakup angles. And then they think... You have to write, they think they're still in it. <laughs> Citation needed if it's still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like no source that they can go to because nobody's writing about it. I know. Nobody's like, contributing any content to it whatsoever. And now Bobby Lashley's gone. They're getting the victories on the board. They won. Yeah. <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll still get some cock... This time next year, there are thereabouts on Red Squared Circle. God, her business was so good. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He should have done more with the Hurt Business. Well, no. <laughs> they, they look cool. Yeah, they fought Apollo Crews for like, oh, that's it. And they fought Apollo Crews every week for four months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Remember they did that? Yep. Every week for four months they had a match with Apollo Crews. Yeah. And that led to nothing. Crews lost repeatedly. Left the brand. <laughs> Went back to his roots. Yeah, so they won. Uh, they beat the Mysterio's distraction. Uh, Benjamin rolled up uh, Dominic. Uh, um, Riddle and uh, Randy are backstage. Uh, he's talking about colouring in his colouring, but within the lines. It feels like the final season of the podcast. You've been flanderised to <laughs> such an incredible degree at this point. <laughs> like we're coming at the end of that voice. Realistically. Oh, yeah. Like that's, that requires like this team to Oh, we're going to get like a C like Randy. Randy. Serious Riddle's going to be so funny. This Dark thing. Riddle. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> you can dress up like Paul Dano in the film. <laughs> right. Except he gets just these two gets lost by his own riddles and just <laughs> Riddle says he can't. Fo- he's not been able to focus since last week. Uh, I wasn't sure if because he got stomped in the head or because he's put the high in Ohio. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that, guys. What's that about? <laughs> I'm pretty standard already, guys. That's <laughs> 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 my babe. I love him. Love him. I still love him. Don't really see him often. He's in uh, somewhere else in the country. Uh, one of my mates. Uh, standard already. <laughs> my mate says, says this. I've never heard him say it in any other context than that. And he's, I think it's fair to say, a bit of a posh boy. Sometimes he'll go, there's bare small roach on that, bro. There's bare small roach on that. And I'm like, this voice only ever comes out at this point. Yeah, it's baseball roach. <laughs> Roadman or something. So he's complaining about the size of the roach. I don't know. Like baseball, like too small. Yeah, well, I don't. It's like, he's fine with it. He's clearly got not that much of an issue with it. <laughs> anyway, do yours again once more. Oh, I get it now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> then someone went. Oh, Prince for it. Goes, he goes, I can't do West, I can't do West Country Bristol now. It's gone. I've gone to Can't do Gloucester now. I've gone. I've gone. I've gone to Buckingham Palace. I need to go back to Gloucester. <laughs> Alright, Princeton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing already. Prince standing already. I can't do it. Yeah, I lost it now. Oh, dear. Uh, they're ready to kick ass, basically. <laughs> and uh, Riddle says they're on the same page. And then they show the weird uh, new tag team of Naomi and Sasha Banks forming on SmackDown and Queen Zelina. Uh, and Carmella talk about them. Carmella just says, watch our reality TV show, it's all about sex. There's loads of sex in it. Um, Selena slightly forgets Sasha Banks' name. She's like, yeah, we'll beat Naomi and... Uh, <laughs> Sasha Banks. Uh, and we, when we retain our titles at WrestleMania... Um, Lord Alfred Vegas. <laughs> Carmella said she was going to celebrate with her fiancé in the ring. What does she mean by that? Just... 
<laughs> I was gonna say so incredibly crude. He's gonna send his cack. <laughs> I was gonna say he's gonna thoughts send. on any of this. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. This is what a rubbish match. What a rubbish match. Mm-hmm. Like Sasha Banks's mania role is to get promote Corey Graves and Carmella having sex on YouTube because they're not big enough stars to get a TV show. That's what Sasha Banks is doing. While complete dweebs put like team bad graphics up. So maybe Tamina's gonna do a running with the. Uh, <laughs> Teenage Virgin Ninja Turtle <laughs> Company and Team Bad at WrestleMania. <laughs> it, it all ties together because he's a teenage virgin and the opponents just love fucking. So, like, that's it. They're going to, like, Corey and Carmella are going to be like, why don't you come on our YouTube show, Akira? We'll come on our YouTube show. We'll get you ready for Tamina. We can have full sex with Tamina. Uh, right. Randy Orton and Riddle faced, uh, RK Bro faced the Street Profits, and unfortunately this match has just been talked about because of the the, the ending. No, um, oh, it's not good to begin with. Which <laughs> 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 I was watching yesterday. Remember that uh, time when they let, like, all people off the street in the performance centre and the Street Profits had to enter down the side? Yes! <laughs> all that, like, yeah. 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 all those old people were being forced to dance. <laughs> was that the midst of the pandemic as well? And it was like, guys, <laughs> you put these screens up. So August, you know, 20, August 2020. Performers and uh, performers and audience separate. Yeah, but we met our audience. Like, uh, interesting. You've got the Street Profits music hits. It cost a shotsy black heart having to dance to it in a mask. It's like, we'll get these NXT people. Nobody will know who they are. <laughs> She's got green hair. Like, <laughs> and Robert Stone in an Edge t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> And then complete randomness. You still got it. Right, we need um, some need some more people to make it look more full. Uh, should we get some uh, really healthy people? Um, <laughs> in the prime of their life, who are most likely to be uh, unaffected if they contract the uh, novel coronavirus. <laughs> uh, nope, there's some eight-year-olds there. <laughs> They'll do. Not only are they in danger of death, but they make the show look really lame as well. <laughs> Just like, someone's granddad. I also like not to make fun of this. <laughs> dancing at the street profit. I'm here to watch the wrestling. If you can just go and stand over there next to Casey Catanzaro, I'm sure she hasn't got any like any <laughs> Just been keeping herself to herself. It's a bit like uh, Austin Gunn brings a lot of like youthful enthusiasm and vibrance to these dynamite shows. Uh, what can we do? <laughs> just get some old men. <laughs> 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 These red cups, I think, are for the teeth. There was a botch in the finish. John got binned. That's what a trivia is. Who's the first set of wrestling fans allowed back into? Oh, you know, it's just uh, yeah, it's two old men. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you imagine in March 2020, we've got the uh, scoop on when wrestling fans are going to return. <laughs> when is it? It's August 2020. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? There's rumblings that could have gone on much longer. <laughs> That's going to be a terrible spring and summer, but oh, I'll be back in no time. Uh, so, is it going to be Madison Square Garden? <laughs> is it going to be uh, just two old, two old good fogies in the performance <laughs> centre having a dance? <laughs> They got on a bus from the retirement home. It was one of them WWE crew ones, but they didn't realise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what's going on through this door. <laughs> oh, this is two guys, two old guys. <laughs> two old guys. That's hard. <laughs> they did have protocols at the time, if you remember. Let's just shake you for it. Yeah, you're fine. Shake you for it. Oh, you've got. 
got on. Uh, it got quite hot, but then again, it is hot outside. So in you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was their protocol, wasn't it? Triple H is there spraying the canvas, <laughs> <laughs> window cleaner or something. Uh, it's only cold. <laughs> it actually is uh, an almost a vaccine against uh, <laughs> coronavirus. Suggesting that, like, to run WrestleMania, got like sixty canvases. Right off, <laughs> rebuild the ring. <laughs> Oh, sword uh, spray. Yeah. Orton tweaked his shoulder, uh, apparently, and there was a botch finish. I'm not sure if he was meant to put his foot on the ropes or not. Angelo Dawkins pushed it off. I don't think we've uh, quite reached the solemn enough tone. Could have got really badly hurt. We assume he's okay, and we hope, yes. obviously, hopefully, he is because of. Yeah, we wouldn't s- take the piss out of this if. Uh, no. Seemingly reached the crescendo with the RK Bro thing as well, so you kind of don't want it to fall apart now. This is what I was talking about before. Like, I, I, this match wasn't a lot to write home about when obviously the finish was botched, so it's less than ideal. But RK Brill, Brill losing here. As RK I Brill. Brill. <laughs> <laughs> Brill. As, as I assume they were supposed to, regardless of this finish. Sort of set everything up quite nicely next week, doesn't it? So it's yet again, Orton looking upon his situation, thinking, nah, this is not so great. And eating the pain. Yeah, he's going to, like, they're going to lose again next week for the turn, which is probably going to be in the main event. So that's going to be how Raw goes off the air, I would imagine. In the meantime, um, Seth and Kevin Owens can't win either, so they go off on their WrestleMania directions. The Street Profits, who have been winning, get the title shot. So, yeah, I, I can't not at least admire that a little bit, that they're thinking enough about this division while they need, like, a tag title match. They need, like, Street Profits and Alpha Academy to be all right as well. Montez will do something bonkers yeah. at WrestleMania. So. Be okay. Yeah, it's, it's quite... That's, I'm, I'm, maybe it won't go that way. It just seems like that's yes. with all the directions. I was, like, uh, bored. Watching <laughs> this match at this point this morning, it's like it was uh, whenever it was on the show. It could be five minutes. That's something poor, but you know what I mean. I was like, I've had enough of this now. Was Randy Orton just like standing around in weird places a lot. Was that just me? I, 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 I don't know. I saw him like on the apron. I'm thinking, break up that pin. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like uh, not kayfabe suspicious, just legitimately getting there. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um. Oh, We've all completely forgot everything that happened on the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we're recording too late in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Owens and Rollins uh, do an interview in Salt Dallas again, and they're happy about the momentum they're going to get towards next week. Uh, Veer's still coming. That's good. He's going to break oh, He's going to break Emelina's record uh, next week. Wow. If he keeps uh, coming, he will. <laughs> and then we go to Vince McMahon's office with uh, Austin Theory. Um, they're talking about him going on Pat McAfee's show, and he said it's going to be his first sit-down interview in 20 years. Uh, and they were talking about the last one he did, where he, he slapped the papers out of the interviewer's hands. I don't remember that being such a cool walk-off moment that they seem to be describing it as here. It's it's also, if I remember it rightly, it's quite disgusting. I think he was asking him about quite a serious matter, and Vince McMahon slapped the papers out of his hands and then went... <laughs> <laughs> It's that, uh, why have um, several wrestlers died at a disgustingly and disturbingly young age? And do you take any responsibility? Are you in any way complicit in their deaths? What you do? Cry about it? Shut the fuck. He thought, didn't he, that because like the Bob Costa stuff had happened like ninety nine two thousand WWE like can't be touched. It's Teflon to everything, and that sort of attitude on an interview is over at the time still. Like, broadly counterculture, things have changed really, really quickly. And Vince wasn't aware, so he thought, he's like, I can just fix this with the Bob Costas reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, at this time, it was like, nah, everybody's bored of this now. Just like the body of your product, the bored of you. And you've become a worse megalomaniac than you were before. And it's not even true, is it? Because, like, they can't mention 
because we can't say his name currently because he's about to in return that the last one of these was with Steve Austin. Yeah. Like much so, seven years ago, eight years ago, yeah. when he buried Cesaro, who has now left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so um, and he said, well, what if he, you know, riles you up? What if the fight starts, basically? Uh, I'll be there to, to protect you. And Vince said, oh, it's not that kind of interview. And then Theory ended by going, what if it was? So he's going to engineer this conflict. We've not had the privilege to discuss this in front of microphones, the three of us. This is awesome, isn't it? Like, this, oh, in, uh, this interview is... is going to be unbelievable on, 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 on interview and in the ring. The whole thing is incredible. <laughs> Love it. If you... We touched upon this, I think, with Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Um, if you don't love what this is, I can't... Just watch, work. A, just watch AEW. Yeah, I can't work out why you're watching yeah, you WWE. Said, yeah, on this there's WWE, and then there's also pro wrestling. It's all out there for you, but this is what you watch it for. Chaos. Terri- potentially terrifying chaos. I put this on Twitter. Um, he's going to insist that the NFL former punt really uh, kicks him as hard in the head as possible in front of 100,000 people. Or probably less than that. Um, and he's going to insist that he lay it in because it's got to look real, pal. And it might be the only thing that Vince does. It might be, a, you know, was, was it was it Meltzer who said that the smoke and mirrors term is being suggested? Yes. Austin Theory bumps around, all that sort of stuff, of course. Cody Rhodes. Sorry. I did pitch that in the office yesterday, so you're not even that far off. I think they might well use him for this, with Vince. I, told you, I've called, I called when Cody Rhodes is going to arrive. Friday. It, it's, it's Friday, just before Evolution, so everyone's talking about that. The gittish thing that they would do potentially. Vince, Vince, the same age as my dad. I don't want to get punted by Pat McAfee. Not overly, you know. <laughs> or fall on his back like twenty times plus on the floor. He's, he's going to do one thing. He's going to do maximum of one, uh, maximum of three things, minim- minimum of one. He's going to take a bump or get kicked in the head once. <laughs> and Jesus Christ! Do they do the cinematic match? So it's like from three cameras, like his Austin Theory ones are, so you just get the best view of it. Like it's Vince McMahon's Firefly Funhouse moment. <coughs> Ultimately, it's like... McAfee's madhouse. <laughs> watching Vince in that ring. And he's only doing this because of ticket sales. So this is a desperate man who shouldn't be doing this. It's going to be like Terry Gordy in 96. Mm. He shouldn't be doing it. Do you think he's forgotten that he sacked his son, the man that drew tickets there last time? Yeah. <laughs> I've only had sack him. He would have jumped off something for me. <laughs> uh... Then we got the United States Championship match. Damian Priest versus Finn Balor. Uh, early on, Balor hits that brilliant flip dive of his to take us to a break. When we come back, back and forth between these two. Balor looks like he's got him set up for the coup de grace, but Priest moves out of the way and hits him with a clothesline. Uh, Balor fights back, rolls him up for two. Uh, Priest fights back with a sit-out choke slam for a near fall. Um, he sets up for the reckoning, um, but uh, Balor manages to reverse it. Elbow drop, uh, sort of headlock, elbow drop sort of thing. Shotgun drop kick. Coup de gras. One, two, three. Finn Balor wins his first United States Championship. Big crowd reaction for the win. Uh, post-match, though, Priest grabs a mic and says, oh, well, listen to these fans. They carried you to it. They, uh, they, you know, they never supported me for all the months that I was champion. Each and every one of you, uh, Michael Sidgwick. Uh, uh, never supported me, um, and they never gave him the respect despite all of his success. And he says, don't worry, I'm going to win the title back from you, and this crowd's motivation isn't going to save you then. And they get in each other's faces, and then Priest suddenly decks Balor, chucks him out of the ring, and hits a razor's edge onto the announce table and gets a deafening amount of booze as he says, I'm the bad guy. All right, Razor. <laughs> uh the match didn't do a lot for me, personally. It was okay. 
It was good, I guess. It's decent. The promo at the end, just like risible, open to scorn, mockery, WWE boilerplate stuff. And I've got no interest in them running this back. Um, don't care about any of this. I was so unmoved. I can see what they were there, and we could see it for a long way, couldn't you? Called it yesterday, didn't we? All this thing, like it played out exactly as we said, but then they conspired to make it more boring than it should have been for a title change and a heel turn. These are events, heel turns and title changes in pro wrestling, huge events, and neither really felt like either. The match was like jarringly basic for the fact that they were going to follow it up with an angle that made you, well, theoretically, made you want to watch a rematch. Like if you, for this to work, the match has got to be an absolute ripper, and we should have spent the last six months gradually. Lewis has been consuming him. It has been consuming him, but he's Derek. not been getting he's not been getting booze, has he? No, like no one cares about. Just nobody reacts. It's not it's not heat that he's been generating. That's sort of like this turn has been coming. It's like oh, when are they going to finally turn Damian Priest heel? It's just he just comes out and he does the half and half bit, and the fans don't really care either way because the character's fundamentally stupid, and the match was nowhere near enough of it. It was fine, but it was nowhere near enough of a ripper to make you think. Oh, I hope when Finn Balor recovers, he says, "I'll challenge you." I'll put this title back on the line because I just want to fight you that much. Mm. He's a bit thick if he doesn't he? Like he's going to do it because he's a babyface with valor and stuff. But who cares? Yeah, the singles match needs all sorts of bells and whistles for you to want to watch it again. And it didn't help that this went back to back with the main event, which also featured a heel turn. You talked about this earlier. I like not to jump ahead of what we're about to talk about, so I'll just drop it in now. Just an unforgivable sin. You've got three hours on this show. And you've got the fact that, like, the, certainly the Damien Priest one could have happened last week, the week before, or next week, and it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference. Unacceptable rubbish. It's bad enough over two hours of a good wrestling show like Dynamite when you have a match where two people work the leg or something like that, because one is destined to undermine the other. It kind of reminds you that this is all fake in a strange way if you allow yourself to think about it for a few seconds. Two identical angles featuring, like, oddly similar wrestlers. I'd never necessarily drawn the parallel between Edge and Damian Priest, but I was forced to by WWE for showing me the same guy with virtually the same turn and the same motivations, and they're both too bad now, and I can't like either of them. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. But I, one, so tired. one does undermine the other. So, fair enough, the big angle with Edge at the end subsequently undermines Damian Priest. It goes one way or the other, doesn't it? And it's Damian Priest that ends up losing out here on what was supposed to be his big knife. Uh, so Edge comes out um, and uh, says, you know, talks about what he talked about last week. Uh, and he said, uh, who's it going to be? Who's going to face me at WrestleMania? Who's going to step up? He begs someone to step up. Nothing happened. And he said, what's happened to this place? And then AJ Styles' music hits. And Edge smiles and <coughs> Styles walks out and says, I accept. Um, and he says, look. I know you've wanted this match for a long time. I know I've wanted this match for a long time. The fans have wanted this match for a long time. I can't wait to face you at WrestleMania. But I don't want... Well, I want the Bulldog styles, he said. I don't want the one playing Omos's bitch. Uh, <laughs> styles oh, is off the rails as well. <laughs> styles is... Uh, Never again can we record in the afternoon. No, Styles <laughs> is sort of caught off guard by all this. Uh, and uh, Edge offers a handshake but before... Styles can accept it. He gets clobbered by Edge, who beats him down and does the old hair stuff. And oh, <laughs> can't believe he's gone to that place. Um, <laughs> Styles fights back though. Been, in, been infected by the science toxic juice. He's been in that place for two fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Styles fights back, but uh, Edge dodges the phenomenal four. Think he lives in that place. Think Seth Rollins has stole some food from that place. <laughs> Kicks Styles in I was his murdered by that place. <laughs> bollocks. Um, I was and born in it. Beats AJ Styles down. Uh, grabs two chairs, 
considers a concerto, changes his mind, uh, and then up very great. smashes it over Styles' head, does it a second time. more. On AJ Styles to close the show, Michael Sidgwick. What's this the end? Yeah. Oh, God, thank God. Um, Why am I so violent? <laughs> <laughs> just, just kill him, like, just brain him. Like, the. Why does he have to be, like, conflicted about this? I actually have the question, literally, why does he have to be so violent? He just have the match. I know. I wasn't, like, I was, we said yesterday, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so we said maybe there needs to be more yeah, on the yeah. bone than just, uh, I respect you, you respect I me. I respect you. Let's have yeah. a stadium wrestling match because they always die in stadiums. And the work rate matches actually do die in their arse in stadiums. Loads of evidence of this. Um, I, I don't know. So they showed me a version of it. I'm not sure I wanted it or believed it. And I don't want any more of what Edge is going to have to try and sell us the next four weeks. I don't believe it. Edge just, you, you spend so long missing this place. Why don't you just wrestle? Because <laughs> it looks to me like you want to act and you're doing like for your consideration. He's been doing for your consideration stuff for two goddamn years. I hate it. I used, used to be part of, I used to be part of this version of Edge. Absolutely stinks. The match would be very, very, very oh, good. Yeah. Hmm. Edge has got fantastic hair. I don't know how it's happened because, like, maybe it's a heel. Is that a wash? Maybe that's what it is. It's an absolute mess at the minute, isn't he? <laughs> well, normally, when he runs his hands through his hair, it's getting to a point where like loads of it just comes out, doesn't it? You're like, whoa, stop it! Like, or he's yeah. all like, well, we're wet and oily and stringy, and I oh, looked absolutely fantastic. It's just all like sort of stayed in one place, like 1987 Ric Flair or something. <laughs> like this guy used to have a sense of humour. Like, it back <laughs> <laughs> as, as well like there's a lot at the moment on raw a lot of uh how am i going to get to wrestlemania slash what does the journey to wrestlemania look like etc etc yeah and i do like, often complain about the comedy as well so maybe ed should be serious the, it's like a week and a half two weeks plus before AJ entered of absolutely nobody wanting this golden ticket to wrestlemania yeah like Montez Ford's like saying backstage, oh, we've got to get to WrestleMania. It's a huge match against RK Bro. Well, if I can think of a quicker way. Edge has opened the door twice. Ridiculous. All uh, right. You know what's funny is that Edge did this open challenge and that he opened it and like, no one answered. AJ did it the second time, which begs the question what was he doing before? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Four. <laughs> it's, it was just... I don't know how I feel, because I, I prefer Edge as a heel. But I'm so proud of that. But he seems to go there. He swears as a edge. Like, last week, he kicked me in the freaking testicles. We know he swears. Yeah, he says some bad words. Um, swears, no. Slurs. Well, that's just the American way. <laughs> <laughs> the American way community. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... Um, Sidgwick. Let's record in the afternoon more often. <laughs> follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, make sure you follow Kid Icarus as well. Thank you once again, Kid Icarus. Thank you. Uh, for the... Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> for five-star review review number 150. Um, and you can let me know your five-star review reviews uh, on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Suggest something short, crappling, crap or wrestling-related on there. Or you can uh, email them to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Uh, join us later on today. We're going to be previewing NXT 2.0. What's called dressing wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But now that's been the Raw Review, my thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. <laughs>